It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. There are, of course, some losses you can live with. Some losses that are just down to the ball going in or out of the basket. Some losses that you're just not good enough that day. And then there are losses like Sunday night. Losses that can never happen again. And if they do, well, we've been down that road before. Let's dive into it as the Orlando Magic fall to the Boston Celtics on today's Locked On Magic. Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 3rd, 2022, our first episode of 2022. My name is Phil Brosswick. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will talk about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Boston Celtics, what went wrong, why it's an important lesson for this team, and why history cannot repeat itself. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's the first thing you do, uh, when you turn your phone on, or when you listen to podcasts, whether it's at work, while you're working out, whenever, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. With about four and a half minutes to play in Sunday's game, the Orlando Magic had a 14-point lead. Um, They had brushed aside the offensive struggles of the first half. They found their rhythm. They forced turnovers. They got out in transition. They got easy baskets. They they found their rhythm. They found their style. They found a way to dominate this game. Their defense played well. The Celtics were doing all the things that they cannot do if they're going to win games. And Orlando was doing all the things that they needed to do. They defended well. Their players made shots. They hung tough. You know, they, they showed all the fight that they're used to showing and was finally seemingly coming to fruition for a win. Terrence Ross hit a bunch of shots. Gary Harris hit a bunch of shots. Franz Wagner hit the shot that put the magic 
up by 14. Felt like Orlando was going to coast to an easy victory. Felt like Orlando was going to coast to a win and get a really nice one at that. At that point, the uh, statistics site Inpredictable.com estimated the Magic had a 99.1% chance of winning. Again, uh, on the road, up 14, four and a half to go. It's hard to argue with that. So how are we sitting here talking about an Orlando Magic loss? What needs to happen for that to take place? Well, you need the right combination of things. Yes, Jalen Brown was incredible. He scored 16 points from that point of the game until the end of regulation, making all six of his shots. You need to make shots. It's that simple. Um, you need the other team to go into a shell to get a little staggered. And that certainly happened. And, and certainly uh, when, a, when a foul call, when a block on Wendell Carter that was originally called a foul was turned into a legal block and a jump ball, that certainly sent the magic back a little bit. Got them frustrated. You could see it in their eyes. It takes wild turnovers, like a five-second violation in a tie game with you know 30 seconds left. It takes missed free throws. Franz Wagner missing two with two minutes to go that would have kept the magic up by six. It takes a lot of things. It takes a young team that doesn't quite know how to finish games. Orlando without a troop, without a, a real point guard, no offense, Tim Frazier, um, struggled to get into their sets as the game got tighter, as the Celtics increased their pressure. And when the Magic did get a mismatch they wanted in Franz Wagner, he finally looked like a rookie. Marcus Mark came over and stole the ball from him, literally ripping it out of his hands and starting a fast break that Jalen Brown finished. Give the mag the mag the magic ultimately gave up an 18 to 4 run in those final four and a half minutes of the fourth quarter to send the game to overtime. If not for Tim Frazier hitting a layup with 21 seconds left, the magic would have lost straight up in regulation. And you've heard, you know me, wins matter to me. Uh, I know there are some people who are okay with the loss because of the tanking implications, because of the draft implications, but the fact of the matter is the magic had enough of their regular guys in at the end of this one to win. You're up 14 with four and a half minutes to go. You need to win that game because ultimately we are thinking about the big picture, that long-term goal, that winning still matters. And if winning doesn't matter, then what the hell are we doing out here? There are still players who need that winning experience. And, and I said this, as that deficit was trimmed down to seven, eight points, this is a real big test of the Magic's poise without a point guard, without all these things that the Magic usually have. And so maybe it's not completely real. Without a point guard, the Magic needed to hold their poise and get the win. This is a huge lesson that, unfortunately, they had to learn without winning. As St. Vincent Gundy would often say, you want to learn your lessons while winning, and the good teams tend to do that. Give the Magic credit, though. Um, overtime came, and Boston was still on a roll. They scored five, they scored five points fairly quickly. They took a, a six-point lead there in the overtime period. It looked like the Magic were going to get run out, and then they found their way back in. Terrence Ross hit a three-pointer, got fouled, made a four-point play to cut that six-point deficit down to two. Then Wendell Carter got a big block and stop, and then Orlando was able to climb all the way back, was able to get all the way back and get to the foul line for Wendell Carter to tie the game. Wendell missed that first free throw, though, so it remained a one-point deficit, and then Al Horford hit a back-breaking three-pointer as Orlando collapsed around Jalen Brown. The Boston Celtics went on to win... Uh, 116 to 111 uh, in overtime. Jalen Brown hit 50 points um, in the game uh, as Boston just continues to continues to struggle and continues to look 
like a disjointed team, but obviously not disjointed enough to lose to the Magic in, in this instance. Um, at, at the end of the day, the Celtics had a guy who could create his own shot, who could go out and get a basket. And Orlando was searching. Um, as good as Franz Wagner has been, he is not quite that yet. And, and this was certainly the first game in a long time that he's looked like a rookie. Terrence Ross is a gunner, is a bucket. Um, and he got his shots going. But Orlando ultimately, and this was a struggle they had in the first quarter when they fell, fell behind by, uh, by double digits. It was a struggle in that fourth quarter. Orlando ultimately did not have someone who could get to the basket, who could create a shot for himself and, and, could, and could score consistently. Um, when the chips were down, the Magic didn't have that guy. In fact, that guy was probably sitting on the bench in a bright blue sweatsuit. I don't know what else to call it. Um, you know, the team really missed Cole Anthony in this instance. Certainly probably missed a, a guy like Markel Fultz. And, you know, we can talk a lot about what the Magic didn't have, what the Magic don't have. But at the end of the day, this is still a game the Magic have to win. Um, you know, you got to hold yourself to a standard. You got to hold yourself to to a belief that this is that the, the team is going to be a winning team at some point. Um, and again, we're only looking for the hints and outlines of what this team can be this season, but you find those hints and outlines in the wins that you collect in the wins that you amass. And unfortunately, this is a familiar thing for the Orlando magic. We'll talk more about that coming up. There's a lot of discussion among magic fans after the game. And a lot of it is, is fair. Certainly. I think Orlando got rattled. Um, they showed their youth. And while, you know, Tim Frazier has been in the league a long time, he, sh they, everyone showed their inexperience in this in this game, and especially their inexperience together. Um, Terrence Ross runs hot and cold, so it's it's not surprising that maybe he didn't completely have it. But at, at the end of the day, um, you know the Magic showed that they still have a long way to go, um, and that goes for everyone, not just the players, but the coaching staff too. Um, you know Jamal Mosley's done a great job developing players and, and getting guys to improve as of course the season goes on. Um, he deserves a lot of credit for the way that this Magic team is stuck together and still really buys in and believes in each other. Um, it, with the, the Magic are off to the worst start in franchise history. Their worst, what, 36-game start in franchise history now. Um, it would be easy to see this team splinter and, and really struggle. Um, I would not blame them for doing that. I would not blame them for letting go of the rope. The fact that they fought back in overtime is, is honestly a credit to Jamal Mosley, but at the same time, there were a lot of decisions and a lot of plays and a lot of things that Mosley has done did that 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 come to game management that he did not do well that he did not um, execute well on his end. Um, there was a jump ball in overtime with the Magic. I believe they were down by three. Um, they tried a dribble handoff between Frazier and Harris. Harris ended up running into Frazier, kind of knocked him over, and the Celtics were able to get a jump ball out of it. That should have been a quick timeout almost immediately. It was. You know, not getting a timeout uh, after a rebound late in the game to, to give themselves a, a, the last shot at at the uh, last shot in regulation. Orlando essentially left regulation with a timeout still in their pocket. Um, they saved a timeout for when they were down by four with 6.6 .6 seconds left instead of spending that timeout earlier in overtime perhaps to, to advance the ball and give themselves a real chance to win. There are certainly fair questions about the rotations and 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 how Mosley's constructed his rotations to make to, to give the team a chance to win night to night. A lot of fans question the decision to go with Tim Frazier in this game. Um, I think there are those are fair questions to ask um, and fair questions to, to wonder, especially coming out of a loss. Although I don't think I think that I think Frazier has just become a scapegoat in, in a lot of ways as well um, on that front. On that front too, we'll dive in the box score in a minute. Um, but overall. This was a team that was inexperienced. 
and it showed. It was a team that was uh, depleted. It was a team that was tired. It was a team that was staggered. It was a team that got put on its back foot at, at the time when you need to be the most aggressive um, and the most confident. And you could see that confidence slipping, the confidence that they, they had built uh, in that third quarter, in that fourth quarter, in building their lead. The Magic fall 116 to 111 to the Boston Celtics in overtime. It was certainly a game the Magic should have won, a game the Magic could have won, and a game that they cannot let happen again. We'll dive into that coming up here in a minute after we go through the box score. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. I've started on mine. I'm trying to trying to make exercise more of a priority for me this year. Uh, I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier, but I think exercise will help me out a lot. So make sure you include Built Bar as part of your New Year's resolution plan, plans. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even a little bit better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just taste terrible, like a chemical spill or something, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. So about like week three uh, of your New Year's resolution, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Where is the savoriness? Where is the flavor? Well, that's why Built Bars have you covered with 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, they're not your typical candy bar, obviously, because they don't have all the calories that a candy bar would have or the sugar or any of that. This is truly a bar, a chocolate bar that is for your health. That will, get, that will give you the protein you need to get you through your day. Make sure you save, you have them everywhere you need them so you can grab a Built Bar on the go. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least see something that tastes good and is good for you to replace some of those sweets that may not be as good for you. There's so many flavors to choose from too, so you will not get bored. Whether it's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new flavors, limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether you're your first listen or you listen to us throughout the day. We truly appreciate it. appreciate you making us part of your daily routine. So now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. They have nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Let's run through that final box score for you real fast as the Orlando Magic fall to the Boston Celtics. 116 to 111 in overtime. Again, just magic, you know, again, I'll I'll dive into this more, but you can deal with close losses. Close losses don't bother me. They come down to make or miss shots. Losses like this are the ones that bother me. The ones where the magic make the mistakes, where they have the lead, where they give the game away, where they they aren't able to execute. 
If you make or miss a shot, I don't care. That's fine. Those are losses you can live with uh, until the playoffs at least. Games where it's mistake after mistake after mistake, those are the ones that really, really kill you. And, and that's that's really what happened here as the Magic fall to 7-30 in 30 on the season. Orlando's led in scoring by Terrence Ross, 33 points, 11 for 19 shooting, 4 for 8 from beyond the arc, 7 for 7 from the foul line. Ross playing his first game after exiting uh, COVID protocols. He said after the game, that he did have symptoms. Um, he was he was laid up for a little while. Um, just dealing with 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 uh, you know kind of the cold effects of of COVID. Said he still has a little bit of a cough. So really an incredible feat that Ross was able to play 35 and a half minutes and and really be a big factor in this game. Um, I thought he played really really well. Obviously once Ross gets cooking, it is hard to slow him down. A magic almost leaned on him too much because he did go cold there in the, in the late fourth quarter, as well as an overtime. Um, although he did still hit some big shots in the process. Um, when Ross has these 33 point games, the magic are capable of beating anyone. We've known that since 2019, really um, when he gets going like this, they are a really dynamic team because Ross is just such a unique offensive talent with his ability to get his shot off in very, very little space. It's sort of the other guys that you have to wonder where they were throughout the game. Gary Harris, 23 points, 9 for 16 shooting, 1 for 5 from deep, 4 for 6 from the foul line. He eventually did foul out uh, for the Magic. Harris was really good in the third quarter especially, though. Um, just kind of gave the team its center. Um, they they struggled just to get free, just to get in the lane, just to, just to make anything happen in that first quarter or in that first half especially. Um, their offense was just really, really sluggish. Harris was really the only guy that was able to get it going, able to figure out how to break the Celtics. Uh, pressing defense, their switching defense, um, just just really, really, really killed them. Um, so Harris continued his strong play, played 42 and a half minutes, so a lot of minutes for Gary Harris in this one, especially on the first night of the back-to-back. Wendell Carter, 15 points, 5 for 15 shooting, 1 for 4 from deep, 4 for 5 from the line, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, Carter Carter was really good, too. Um, yeah, his scoring wasn't where you wanted to be, but again, the Magic have done a really good job using him as a fulcrum. For the offense, he's becoming a much better distributor. You know, not necessarily a playmaker. He's not doing it off the dribble, but he makes good passes. He makes a lot of clean passes and just just does a lot of really good things um, defensively as well. Uh, his defense was pretty solid throughout the course of the night. So Wendell continues to play some very impressive basketball. Franz Wagner, like I said, probably the first night he has looked like a rookie. 14 points, 5 for 14 shooting, 0 for 1 from deep. That came in the overtime uh, with a chance to take the lead. Um, when the Magic were down by two, Carter was actually fouled on a, on the rebound uh, that gave the Magic a chance to tie the game. Um, I, I I I I like the shots that I mean Boston stuck Marcus Smart on on Franz Wagner. They were making sure he he was not going to be the guy that beat them. He had three turnovers, um, but still he made some really impressive plays. Once you know you kind of, you could kind of see him you know build some momentum. Like he's he's still still trying to learn how to create a little bit off the dribble. I think really the thing that he needs to work on this offseason, besides just learning to finish at the rim a little bit better, two dribble pull up to the free throw line, being able to kind of set up his mid-range jumper. He's earned the right to shoot mid-range jumpers. Once he does that, he's going to be really, really difficult to stop, um, you know, especially off the dribble because he is so smart at how he attacks. Just a lot of plays where he was just a little bit off balance, just not able to kind of put himself in the best position to score, especially around the rim. He tends to do that sometimes, but Hey, he's a rookie. He's going to learn these things. He's going to get better at these things. So, um, you know, Wagner still ultimately made a, a good, uh, good um, impact on this game uh, in, in some key moments. The magic put the ball in his hands late in the game. He got some decent looks around the basket, just unable to finish them 
at the end. And, and of course, that's just something that a rookie's going to have to learn how to do. Let's talk about Tim Frazier. 14 points, five for nine shooting, one for two from deep, five rebounds, three assists, three turnovers. Everyone in the Magic starting lineup outside Mo Bamba had three turnovers. So that's 12 turnovers from that starting lineup. 12 of the Magic, 17 turnovers uh, from that starting group. Um, You know, I think Tim Frazier is getting a bit of a bad rap among Magic fans. He's just become the scapegoat. Every team has a scapegoat. Um, He's turned in some good games lately. I mean, obviously the scoring's there. Um, he's a decent three-point shooter. He's a he's got good scoring knack. He tied the game. He's the guy that sent the game to overtime. Um, I do think he is not quite a natural point guard, although he's you know shown more point guard tendencies than RJ Hampton has. Um, that's kind of the guy that, Mag- that Magic fans want to put in these game in, in these games instead of him. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that Frazier has played a lot better than fans have given him credit for. I'm not saying he's good. I think his defense is a little bit suspect still. Um, and his scoring is certainly, you know, you, you want a little bit more playmaking. You, you want a little bit more initiation. Um, you want a guy that's that's going to know where to how to organize things, and that's just not quite his forte. Um, again, he he joined the team like two weeks ago. He still he he admitted after Thursday's game that he's still learning everything. Um, it, it's it, it, he's in a really tough spot. I think he's played decently well. Uh, you know, again, not perfect. By any means, I'm not saying the manager should keep him. I'm not even saying the manager should play him over Hassani Gravette at this point. Um, but I, I do think Magic fans have been unnecessarily hard on him. Now, RJ Hampton, I think, has earned more opportunity. I think that it's fair to ask why not try RJ Hampton at point guard. They've tried Franz Wagner there. Um, I think that is a perfectly fair thing to ask. Hampton in this game played only 11 and a half minutes. Uh, it, it's, it is very odd that at times Hampton feels like the forgotten guy in this rotation. I think that is unfair to Hampton. I think he has earned more playing time. I think he has earned a little bit of trust. Um, If Franz Wagner can run some point and initiate some offense, there's no reason to think that RJ Hampton can't split those duties as well. Um, I think the Magic are really going out of their way at times to 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 keep Hampton from playing point guard. Why? I, 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 I wouldn't be able to begin to speculate. I think for his development, they may not want him Doing that, they want him working uh, on other areas of his game. Um, if it's for the sake of development, then I think I then I think you can forgive that. I think you can you can get that. Um, the Magic, you know, again, as much as I think winning is important, the Magic very clearly not going for wins. Um, they are not putting out rotations that are necessarily designed for them to win. They're designed to put players in certain situations that they want to put them in. They want to try Franz Wagner as a point guard, as a ball handler. They do not want to try RJ Hampton there. Now, whether that's right or wrong is certainly something that you can debate, but they are acting and playing like that is what they want to do. And that's how they want to play this. So um, I, I think you do have to take that into some consideration for the Magic um, as they make these rotations. Um, Jamal Mosley's rotations certainly have been a point of criticism throughout the course of the year. Um, and I, I don't think I can completely disagree with them. Orlando ultimately shoots 42.6% from the floor, 9 for 27 from beyond the arc, 22 for 27 from the foul line. They end up with 17 turnovers for 23 Boston points. A lot of those coming toward the end of the game. Boston is led in scoring by Jalen Brown with 50 points, 19 for 29 shooting, 5 for 10 from beyond the arc, 7 for 8 from the foul line. Yeah, it's 11 rebounds and 4 assists. 7 turnovers for him as well. Boston really struggled with turnovers. They had 20 turnovers through three quarters but only 22 turnovers total for the game. That led to 21 Magic points. Magic really feasted on turnovers throughout the course of the game. Did not get that in the fourth quarter. Probably one of the reasons why they ultimately lost. Dennis Schroeder, 21 points, 7 for 14 shooting for him. 
Marcus Smart, 17 points for him as the Boston Celtics defeat the Orlando Magic. 116 to 111 in overtime. We'll talk about why losses like this have to serve as lessons but cannot be repeated coming up here in just a moment. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But we've been here before. Um, you know, that's that's the only way I can say it. Um, we've been here before um, as Magic fans, as people who followed this team, who, who, who followed this, this group. We've seen losses exactly like this from rebuilding teams. Um, the loss to Cleveland when the Magic were, I think, up seven with 30 seconds left and turned it over twice on inbounds, including a five-second violation. We've seen some gnarly, gnarly losses. Of, you know, the kind of losses that, you know, you can rightfully statistically call impossible losses. Losses where everything has to go right and everything has to go wrong in order for the team to lose. Look, the Magic don't lose this game if that call with about what two and a half three minutes to play on Wendell Carter goes the other way the Magic do not lose this game if Franz Wagner makes those two free throws to put the Magic up six the Magic do not lose this game if they don't have a five second inbounds violation in a tie game and give Boston the chance to take the lead the Magic do not lose this game if just one shot goes in if the Magic get a timeout and calm themselves down get a turnover if you know, Jalen Brown misses a, a three or, or a shot somewhere. There are so many things that had to go right for Boston to win this game. And all credit to them for doing it, for upping their defensive pressure, for making the Magic uncomfortable, for doing, as Wendell Carter and Terrence Ross both said, both said after the game, speeding this team up. The Magic are a young team without a point guard right now. Again, all due respect to Tim Frazier. The Magic do not have a point guard right now. And they are susceptible to these kinds of mistakes. But to have this happen takes all of that happening. Takes every little thing, every little thing going the direction of the Celtics. It's not that losses like these can't happen, but they are exceptionally rare. However, for rebuilding teams learning how to win, these losses are particularly hard. Because this is the hardest lesson that any team has to learn. 
And that's how to win. That lesson is how to win the game. It's the hardest thing to do in the league. The absolute hardest thing to do is to win. And very, very clearly, even leagues that feel safe are not safe. Not in the least. And it's tough for young teams to learn this. You know, essentially every game the Magic have won this year, they came from behind to win. They had to scramble. They had to show the panic and the, and the desire to win. And, and it's good that they've been able to do that. But holding off teams doing that is also extremely tough. And again, doing it with a lead that should feel safe. When the Magic went up 14, that felt like the Magic were going to win and win this one easily. They just had to take care of their business. Well, obviously a lot easier said than done. These are the kind of losses, however, that do make you lose faith in a rebuild. And that do make you think, oh boy, we are a lot farther away than we thought. If they're not learning how to put this game away, how are they going to eventually string together a win winning streak? How are they eventually going to string together enough wins to make the playoffs? How are they going to compete in a playoff series where crazy stuff happens? Where every minute, every moment matters. The Magic are obviously far away from that point. And obviously, there are extenuating circumstances. I can tell you right now, if Markel Fultz were in this game, if Cole Anthony were in this game, the Magic were going to win. I, I still have so much faith in this team to close games out because of the guys that they have. And obviously, they're not available for this game. You still have to find a way. But there's no reason... For me, in my mind at least, to think that the Magic don't win this game if they even have a modicum of health. Uh, you know, honestly, I'd give them a better than 50-50 shot of winning and, and holding on to that lead if Jalen Suggs is playing. Just because of the organization and the ability to just kind of get the team settled down and calm down through the course and may just make a play. Like that was one of the bigger things is no one was able to make a play. To, to, to close this game out. But obviously the Magic have to live with this loss. They have to live with this failure. They have to live with this lesson. And what has to happen now is they have to take that lesson to heart. You know, a rebuilding team, it's obviously a difficult task. It's obviously hard to hard to be a rebuilding team. It's hard to it's it's hard to 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 get all those pieces together enough. But when presented with the opportunity to win, you need to learn how to win. And so this is a lesson. The next time Magic are up 14 with five minutes ago, what will they do? In previous iterations of this team, we've seen them fold. We've seen them take these losses and it spiral and snowball. And then it happens again. Like, losses like this do happen. It's not impossible, but what has to happen now is the Magic have to learn the lesson of this defeat. The Magic have to learn the lesson of this failure. Not only how they need to finish games, how to play with the lead, but how they need to stick together. It's been impressive watching this Magic team be as together as they have been. To, to be as cohesive and, and bought in as they have been with all the losing that they've done. 
But this is the kind of loss that makes you doubt and question what works and what is going to ultimately deliver you wins. It's the kind of loss that makes you think, maybe it doesn't work. And the good news is, you know, at least so far, is, is they seem to say, you know, if we do what we did in the first three quarters, we're going to win games. You know, if we do what we did in the first three quarters, we have a chance to win in Chicago against Eastern Conference's best team. Got to love that faith. Got to love that looking forward mentality. Got to love all of that. Got to love that the Magic fought back in the overtime period, that they didn't, you know, go woe is me. You know, they took a big punch. And they, they hung in there. They didn't get the job done, but they hung in there. The Magic are trying to stay together. They're trying to stay in this fight. But the truth of the matter is, too, that Orlando has to start making steps forward. Each lesson needs to be learned. And when it comes in losses like this, it needs to be learned once. Orlando got their one. Orlando got their bad, their, their bad loss. This was a bad loss. They got this one. It can't happen again. If it does happen again, then we really got to think about, okay, what is this team's future? What more do they need? And, and obviously we can point and say, okay, the Magic just need a point guard. They need some healthy bodies. You know, like I think there's still a ton of optimism about what this team can be and what they will continue to develop into. Um, even after this game, it's 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 clear there is a lot still to build with. And a lot left on the bench to build with. But Orlando cannot be suffering losses like this. Even in a quote-unquote tanking year. When the chance to win comes, you win. When you've got a game done in the books, you win it. And the Magic's inability to do that in this game is extremely, extremely frustrating. But it's a lesson they needed. So now we'll see what happens the next time they get put in this situation. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in to him like Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast. So your podcast-enabled listening device, you can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore V, and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. Thank you for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Tomorrow, we'll have a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Chicago Bulls. But now, go make your second listen Lockdown Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, it's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.